Sholem Aleichem, welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Carolyn Beard and Sarah Biskowitz. Carolyn is a third-year Master of Divinity candidate at Harvard Divinity School and is a 2018 graduate of Princeton University, where she studied comparative literature. An alumna of Fulbright, Germany, she's published in English and German on Holocaust martyr St. Edith Stein's early political career as a suffragette. She anticipates beginning a doctoral program in modern Jewish thought this fall. Sarah Biskowitz, 2021-22, Richard Herman Fellow, graduated from Smith College in 2021 with a degree in French and uh, French and Jewish studies. Her Yiddish journey began at the Yiddish Book Center's Great Jewish Book Summer Program. Sarah returned to the center for two summers during college to learn Yiddish at the center's Steiner Summer Yiddish Program. While studying abroad in Paris, she took classes and volunteered at the Yiddish Paris uh, Center Madame Library, which inspired her undergraduate translations thesis of Parisian Yiddish literature. She is a leader of Rad Yiddish Reading Group and a contributor to Ingeweb, a journal of Yiddish studies. So um, welcome to you both. Uh, And I know it's been a busy week for the two of you with, and I hope I've got the pronunciation of this correct, Farben Dungen? Farben Dungen. Okay, got it. <laughs> a graduate conference on Yiddish networks. So I thought it would be interesting to speak with you about the conference. Um, so I invited you on to the schmooze. I will uh, mention that I was unable to participate, um, but I so hope that you will both share some recordings with me so I'll be able to sort of see what it was all about. I've gotten gotten great reports. Um so tell me a little bit about the conference and, and maybe start with the title um, and how it all came about. Sure. Um, well, as our, our title, Verbindungen, um, a graduate conference on Yiddish networks, um, as the organizing committee was dreaming up and imagining this kind of space, we really wanted to create an accessible um, learning environment for advanced undergraduates, graduate students, and early career scholars in Yiddish studies. Um, We wanted that space to be marked by community and by um, networks. And so it made sense. I actually think it was Sarah's idea um, for the theme to be Farbindungen, to be um, networks. And it became really clear early on that that would be a a strong um, framework to to look through um, in our research. And for me, it's also kind of a pun because Farbindungen means networks or links, and it's also used to mean like an internet link. So the fact that it was a digital conference, the title was kind of a play on that as well. That was gonna, that was going to be my next question: is that um, at first blush, my someone might think it's really uh, a conference that is about current and contemporary uses of the internet in terms of. Com- uh, community and building community. But it's very interesting to me when I looked at the workshop lineup to see that you're really drawing from a lot of Yiddish culture past um, and thinking about it in terms of um, sort of the continuum of that community. I mean, uh, Yiddish as a language created community globally, um, which is interesting in Yiddish literature. So the idea of the internet is um, sort of bringing it in into the present um, and, and it has its attendant um, advantages in terms of, you know, immediacy. I wonder if you can speak a little 
bit about that in terms of how you how you find that connection between past, um, present, and future, and where you see networking both in terms of online and just collegial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think you're you're spot on um, that our right, the immediate association of Verbindungen is with um, you know the age that we're living in is with technology. And we were really delighted to have a, a panel on digital networks and Yiddish studies. That was a panel that Sarah was on. Sarah presented some great work on um, Yiddish Duolingo with Cameron Bernstein, um, who's also a Yiddish Book Center fellow, uh, who presented work on Yiddish TikTok. And, um, and that was a panel that was moderated by, um, by Socia Fox, who is, of course, the, the founder of, of Vibertych, the, the podcast. Um, but every every other panel or workshop that we had explored networks in a different sense. Um, and we had some really interesting research that looked at how Yiddish speakers, Yiddish writers created their own networks. Um, and one one presentation that's coming to mind right now uh, that was particularly that, that used the framework really well um, was a presentation on Yiddish language attrition in the Twin Cities and how, um, and how when, when Yiddish speakers lost uh, networks of other Yiddish speakers, that that um, was when the Twin Cities saw a decrease in, in Yiddish language use. So it was interesting to see how the framework of networks could be used not only for people looking at technology, um, but looking at the use of Yiddish as a language in a you know, linguistic sense, a sociological sense, um, and even going to how networks can be used to trace out right the theater circuits in the interwar period and um, yeah, other quite a, quite a few other uh, situations as well. And something that we tried to honor about Yiddish's past that's important about its presence is diversity, um, with Yiddish being spoken all around the world. And uh, it was important to us that our conference included voices from around the world, from undergrads, from later um, people later in their career. um, I mean, in the early stages, but but older than undergrads, certainly, and um, outside the academic track. And I think Carolyn has the statistics, but um, we uh, were able to include people from a variety of countries and institutions, which was really exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So we had... um, registrations come in from more than 20 countries um, with with folks uh, representing more than 30 cultural and academic institutions, as well as more than 70 colleges and universities. So we were, right, not only trying to showcase research that used this frame of the network, um, but we were also actively using this conference as a space for us to network, for us to create this, this community. Um, and we've we've been really delighted to get such positive feedback um, and also to, to see that there is energy around continuing to have spaces for um, emerging scholars in Yiddish studies to create community, to network, um, to, to provide social support. It, it, maybe you could speak a little bit about the keynote address, because as Sarah mentioned, you know, what I found interesting was the mix of voices that you had in terms of presentation that you have some people who are, you know, mid to career and then some of you, you know, who are early career 
um, scholars still in school, et cetera. So that it, it, it really allows for that back and forth. And again, I'd be curious to hear if those who have been in the field, you know, for 10 or 15 years who didn't benefit from the, the immediacy of the internet network and, and also the digitization of so many archives. I mean, there's just so much available. Did you explore that and have conversations back and forth about the benefit that this provides at currently for scholarship? Um, I guess responding to, to maybe the first half, looking at that keynote panel, um, that was a really, really special development or suggestion that we received was to, um, instead of having you know a traditional keynote address where there's one speaker who delivers an hour, an hour and a half long uh, lecture, and then there's, there's a response um, to instead have a keynote panel. Uh, so we were able to bring in two scholars, Jessica Kurzain of the University of Chicago and Carolina Sushmaniak of the University of Wotswav. And we, um, they were each able to give a shorter address. And then they were moderated in conversation by graduate student um, Dahlia Wolfson, who's at, at Harvard University. And for me, I think that, that um, what that panel did is it brought two phenomenal um, scholars who are working on really similar topics. Um, they both work on women who write in Yiddish. And Jessica's, of course, working on American women. And Carolina works on, um, on Polish, um, m- you know, more, more in, a, in a Polish um, context. Um, so it brought these two scholars together whose work speaks to each other. Um, but to my knowledge, they've never, their work has n- not been put um, side by side before um, and, and until this conference. So I think for me, that keynote um, panel was really modeling the kind of community and environment um, that at least I, I know I want to be entering in, um, which, is, which is maybe more horizontal um, mm-hmm. where there's a little bit right less um, less high it's less hierarchical the more horizontal um, and then uh, a community where scholarship is is dialogue right where mm-hmm. it's conversation yes and to add to that no not only was the conference international it was also intergenerational with the emerging scholars presenting the materials and then we were very lucky to have some amazing volunteer faculty moderators um, who uh, provided structure to the conversations and asked questions, um, which really elevated uh, the conference. So that, that's something we feel really lucky to have had and the support as well as of uh, Professor Zelzer and Harvard Jewish Studies. We were able to really design the conference of our dreams with, with the support of, uh, of uh, outside more established scholars. It, it's um, interesting. I'm going to back up, Carolyn, you used the word horizontal. Um, and I frequently use that idea of horizontal and vertical in, in talking about things. And to me, horizontal um, is a way that we learned in the school I went to so that you learn simultaneously, uh, you know, the literature, the, you know, science, mathematics, um, history, so that you understood and can contextualize. And I, I wonder if you think about this as an opportunity to see literature and language and in the terms of a broader context. And certainly when you introduce the word, you know, modernism, um, it's a reflection of how that imposed itself across disciplines in all 
in mm. all cultures and languages. Mm. Thoughts about that um, in terms of your work and, and how you approach this? Yeah, um, I, I definitely... Um, I definitely think you're onto something <laughs> um, where I know in, in my work um, that it is so important to, um, to hold, right, different, um, different bowls of scholarship, right, to hold um, these different um, fields um, at the same time. So it's not like juggling them as much as, as trying um, to, I don't know, to create my own network. Um, of texts that I'm working with or scholars I'm in conversation with or, or fields, um, right, that I am start dipping my toes into. Um, and that is something that um, I think um, that maybe, maybe modernism um, lends, lends itself towards, um, right, being able to create interdisciplinary spaces, being able to be comparative, right, in, in our approach um, to these topics. And it is interesting when we think about um, some of the particular panels that, um, that, we, that we put together. Um, there were panels that were grouped by maybe time frame um, or kind of cultural milieu. So we had a, um, we had a panel on Soviet and communist Yiddish, um, where our three presenters, right, were all doing, I think, mostly historical work. Um, relating to different communities um, living in um, in Soviet or you know communist uh, regimes, but then we also had um, a panel language landscapes, which didn't have a unifying time. There wasn't even a unifying um, methodology per se. We had somebody doing sociolinguistics. We had somebody doing, I guess, literary theory, and and somebody as well doing doing history, and so. Each of those those topics are, you know, are so different, <laughs> um, but our moderator for that panel, Professor Sunny Yudkoff, was able to really tease out so well the networks that underlie all of them and that put those three pieces in conversation with each other, right? Each of those three pieces talks about a network and, you know, in their own way, um, but there's also something that we can put those pieces of research together and create a network um, out of them as well. And, and I want to ask both of you, if you could answer, um, you know, what the hope was for the takeaway for participants. And also, uh, if participating in this yourselves, if you had a different takeaway than you might have expected, or if it's prompted you to think or move in a different direction from where you are currently. Well, the funny thing is that um, the organizing committee of Farbindungen itself actually met at a different online Yiddish conference. So Farbindungen is, a, is itself a, a result of a former Yiddish conference, the Yiddish Object Seminar, uh, hosted by the University of Wisconsin. And I think that just goes to show that when you meet people through conferences and you are exposed to their work, it's inspiring and invigorating. And I, I was really impressed by the enthusiasm of attendees and how disappointed people were that in order to uh, be able to accept the maximum amount of papers, we did have to have panels at the same time. <laughs> and people were so disappointed to miss out <laughs> on hearing talks, which is sad, but also just was really nice to see that people cared so much and appreciated the talks that they did attend so much. 
So going forward, I think I will take that enthusiasm with me and the importance of accessibility. The fact that we gave people an opportunity to present some of them for the first time at a conference and others who wouldn't have access to conference otherwise um, if they're not on that academic track, et cetera. Um, and when you give people an opportunity, they can really shine and it's wonderful to see it benefits everyone. Yeah, I would definitely say that um, I mean, overwhelmingly for me, this was it was a great professionalization experience such a, a great learning experience <laughs> um, as, as well. And I am delighted to see we, we did request feedback um, from attendees. In our exit survey, we just got such positive response. Uh, 75% of people who, who um, gave us feedback were interested in attending an, an annual uh, conference, a graduate student conference in Yiddish studies, and we got some really um, phenomenal feedback as well from both the graduate students who were interested in helping organize programming and also faculty members who wanted to offer their support and their mentorship. Um, so that's something that we're definitely considering um, moving forward is, is bringing in some, some new voices to, to help us imagine what next year may look like. Um, and then also just to pull on something that Sarah, um, that you brought up something that was very important to us in designing this conference um, was accessibility and inclusion. So we did really make an effort, um, right? There are different kinds of accessibility and right, we were aware of the fact that, um, you know, we really wanted, because we were virtual, by virtue of being virtual, uh, people from all around the world were able to join us. Um, and if our lingua franca for the conference in Yiddish studies was English, and so that opens up um, for some folks who maybe don't have, you know, advanced skills in other languages, or even, you know, that maybe they're not advanced or fluent or native Yiddish speakers, right, that opened up um, the conference to people who were just getting into Yiddish studies, um, but it also maybe closed off some other doors because we did have such a strong um, presence of, of international attendees and international presenters as well, many of whom English is not their first language. And so they were right, presenting in English, working, um, working in a different language and also being in conversation with Yiddish uh, source texts. So um, that was also, I think, a really good experience was to actually have to think through and make decisions around um, accessibility and inclusion. So um, more conferences in the works? Stay tuned. <laughs> Great. And in the meantime, you both go back to your very, very busy work, um, again, immersed in Jewish studies and Yiddish um, culture. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and before I let you go, I have to ask, have you both met in person? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had to think about that. We did. Actually, Sarah came on, Sarah came into Boston for my wedding. Yep. So that was the first time That's we good. met in person. Okay. <laughs> it was very, very special. A, a virtual connection that, that became very meaningful and in person. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing what, what comes next. Um, and I do hope you'll share some of the conference if you did record them. Um, maybe, Sarah, I can sneak down to your office um, from up here at the top of uh, the building. Um, yes, the we will, yeah. and we will have the um, keynote available uh, publicly. 
Fabulous. Well, thanks again for your interest, for putting this together, for joining me today. And um, it'll be exciting to see what you each individually take away from this and where it goes um, in the continuum. So all the best and talk soon. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.